Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and uh, friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster patrons. Uh, I just really appreciate your support. It's, uh, can I just say that to you? Uh, you, you, re- you go, you're listening to this because you go out of your way to support the podcast, and I really do appreciate that. Uh, so thank you. And what do you say? What do you say with that? Now, that, you know, it's always pleasant, have, you know, being here, but. Uh, now with the pleasantries taken care of, why don't we get to the lulling stuff already? It's time for Sleep With Me. Oh, that's what I say to the regular sister podcast to put you to sleep. Uh, thanks, patrons. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed and turn out the turn out the lights. Why did I say turn out? I almost mispronounced lights. Uh, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about, uh, physical sensations, anything you're feeling in your body, or emotionally you're experiencing. Uh, it could be other stuff, you know, external stuff. Uh, it could be, I don't know what it could be, like uh, breathe, you know, snoring, breathing, travel, work schedules, temperature. Here's one we would have never predicted. Like it could be TikTok, like it could be a clock TikToking, like maybe you're visiting somewhere. I didn't mean to bring this to your attention, uh, but it is one of those things when I'm in a guest room. Or, you know, somewhere that I have to usually deal with is the tick-tock of a clock, uh, you know, because my, my brain won't stop. And, and then I say, well, well, you know, then I have to deal with it. Uh, but nowadays there's also tick-tock, which I'm sure, like, that's what, like, uh, well, the use of tick-tock doesn't span generations. I mean, it does. Uh, it probably anybody within like that's TikTok adjacent, which would be parents, grandparents, uh, pop culture. What is it? What pop culture? Media gadflies. I'm not 100 percent sure what that means, but they probably are like. Uh, so that that's a new TikTok. You see, like holy, what, it's spelled differently. Actually, I don't know how to spell TikTok on the clock. Uh, but it, like the TikTok, the app, uh, or, or whatever, the, the platform, of course, I'm sorry, TikTok. I didn't mean to refer to you just as an app. Uh, um, that could also, like, so, so there's, like, I don't know. I love it when the language expands. I mean, I, like, I don't think uh, it's exa- like exactly what people said when it's like, oh, the expansion of language and meaning. Uh, but in this case, you say, well, like, maybe it's something you could share with a relative. You say, well... The tick-tock and of a clock's been keep, TikTok's been keeping me up. And I say, oh, yeah, oh, boy. Can't stop watching it, right? I, like, uh, can't get enough of that sweet, sweet. And they say, no, 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 the clock in the other room. And I say, oh, okay. What's it, What's t- what's that TikTok you're talking? Well, don't, you don't want to know because, uh, uh, and then I'm also thinking, who, you know, does my kid use TikTok? So anyway, okay, so... So whatever's keeping you awake, sorry about that. That was an early tangent. Uh, hi. Uh, so whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that and create a safe place where you, ha- you know, where where you could set that aside. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night 
I'm going to use these lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. Believe me, uh, like we just witnessed one or two. Yeah, superfluous tangents, you know, misfiring metaphors, extra words, mis, you know, misusing. You say, well, Scoots, that's actually, you've never heard someone get uh, intergener- intergenerate, however you say that word, intergenerational uh, use of TikTok wrong and all. And I say, well, that's what I'm here for. And it's like, so, so whatever's, what I say, oh, I'm going to try to, I'm going to use those techniques and other ones, including just going on and on and not getting to the point. Uh, but I'm really, what I'm really here to do is keep you company. Now, if you're new, you might already be like a little bit dismayed. Another word I don't think I've ever, this may be the first time I've used dismayed in a, uh, the podcast intro. So I'll try not to get distracted by breaking apart dismayed, because that also is a word uh, that I really could have some fun with. But since you're a new listener, I want to take some time uh, to to let you know a couple things. One, yeah, this show's a bit different. It's kind of something you you don't quite passively consume it, but you do passively consume it if you so choose to. Or, you know, like... you you do one thing less than passively consume it. So it just kind of li- like go, I don't know. I'm trying to take you on a journey where you can drift off at any point, I guess, like walk at your side. But at some point, these mystical, you know, the mystical powers of sleep kind of just have you drift away from me. And I've noticed with new listeners a few different things uh, that uh, it can throw them off. One is me and my cre- creaky dulcet tones. Uh, and a lot of listeners say, give it a few tries, it eventually you get used to it, uh, or some people like it right away. And, you know, the second thing is that I really don't get to the point or make a lot of sense, and it's a little bit goofy. So that's another thing. But kind of see how it goes. I'm your friend. I'm your boyfriend. I'm just here to keep you. I'm like the bedtime jester without the, like all the, like without the th- the hat with the bells on it, of course. Or the shoes with the bells on it, uh, because what would the, how would that help you sleep? Uh, so that's another thing. Then structurally can also throw new listeners off, uh, because the show is structured a bit differently than most normal things and most sleep things. So the show starts off with a few minutes of business. Uh, that's how we keep it free for everybody. And then uh, there's the intro, which is around 12 to 20 minutes or so of me rambling, but that's what, like, at least when you're a new listener, you say, well, is it rambling? What is he doing? Is he talking about the podcast? Uh, and it's more, uh, it's just a monologue, as they like to say, heavy on the log, uh, in mono, if it stands for monotone, uh, because to, like, where it, the whole idea of the intro is that it eases you into bedtime as you're getting ready for bed or as you're in bed unwinding. So this isn't a podcast that is like instantaneous. It, it takes a while. In my my experience, like I'm looking to help you get, 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 like ease off into dreamland. I wish I had, you know, if I had another pod, I mean, I'd be like, I would be a trillionaire if I had a podcast that was like, uh, you know, one, two, three, four. That the next time I say dismayed, after that time that I just said it, you'll be asleep. Uh, did I mention 
this is the podcast. Oh, that, I almost said dismay, which is not what should put you to sleep just when I say dismayed. And that would be the end of the podcast. I mean, that would probably be behind a paywall or something because you'd say, okay. But so that's this podcast eases you into bedtime like a friend telling you a story and keeping you company to take your mind off of stuff. So that's the beginning of the show. Then there's some business. Then there's uh, tonight we'll be covering, uh, hello, new show, Mandalorian. So we'll be covering the first episode of The Mandalorian. And, you know, man, like there's so many, you know, boring fits right in there. So, man, you're boring me or whatever you want to say. So that's it. Like, so that's the structure. So then there's some thank yous at the end. So that's one thing that can dismay, leave you dismayed, just in case that first dismay didn't work. But what else if you're a new listener? This is a podcast you don't need to listen to, so you could just barely kind of listen. Because a couple of questions might come up with Mandalorian. One, are you going to spoil it? And I'd say, well, for episode one, I will not, like, I will not, I mean, I'll spoil some of the plot points and stuff, but not the one, like, I won't spoil the one thing that would actually spoil the episode. So I won't do that. I haven't watched episode two yet, so I don't even know uh, what's coming. Uh, so I won't spoil it, but you know, but you, you, you won't remember, you say, I don't recall a, uh, I mean, I'm mostly talking about the stuff that came up and then researching things that I thought about. So it's not like a critical analysis of the Mandalorian, nor is it a, I don't know, I haven't recorded the episode yet, so I don't know exactly how it's going to go. I mean, I have a lot of notes. I've watched the first episode four times, so maybe I'll watch it one more time before I record it, and then while I record it, I'll have it running. So it'll be more of like appreciating the details and getting curious is what I expect. Because there is a lot to take in and, and, and saying, well, actually, I did enjoy this. I wasn't expecting it. So don't worry. If you've never seen it, you, here's the thing. If you don't intend to see it, because some people with the TV things, they say, well, I'm not a fan of that show. And I'd say, well, that's that means you're perfect for it. Where uh, I say, well, I'm, I'm worried about being spoiled. I'd say, well, that's a, that's a legitimate worry and concern. But I've rarely heard people say, holy cow, when I, you know, like ideally you're asleep for it, right? You know, probably be pretty enjoyable because in this case, it's like a 45 minute, the episode is about 45 minutes, and but I'll be talking about for 50. Uh, but I'll probably also be talking about some research I did about, huh, what's up with that? Uh, so I wouldn't worry, like, you, it's, it's understandable you'd be concerned, but just kind of see how it goes. I think, I, I always like, I'm like, I guess I look at it, I try to look at it from your point, but I don't want you to miss out on, uh, on some sleepy stuff. So I guess I'm like trying to speak to, speak to your concerns uh, in a respectful way. I hope I did that, uh, but, but it, like, uh, so that's uh, then, so that's the structure. What was I saying? You don't need to listen. I think I was saying that. And I think I made that point pretty strongly. Also, no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour to keep you company as you drift off. So I guess that's, uh, yeah, I'm going to be here to, to keep you company. Like, so if you can't fall asleep, I'll be here till the very end for you. And if you do fall asleep, that's great too. I'll be here talking whether you're awake or asleep or you listen to the episode in segments. Uh, those are all pretty common things to do. So, 
Uh, that's what to expect. The reason why I make the show is, you know, I, I, I have trouble falling asleep. Getting to sleep. Do you have trouble getting to sleep, staying asleep? Uh, the other stuff? Oh, yes, I do. So I make the show because I know how, you know, the reason is because I know how it feels there. That's why I call it the deep, dark night. Whether it's at 10 p.m., you know, whatever time it is, at least for me, uh, it's not easy. I'm trying to use softer words. But the, but the biggest part of the show for me, and I guess the reason it try, tries to be a little bit fun and silly and goofy, is because I'm, I'm really familiar with the bedtime dread. And I'll never forget when it was at its toughest would be like I would start thinking about uh, falling asleep on Sunday before the sun went down on Saturday uh, and and thinking about Monday when I was in school. So, like, I don't like that's not I don't like I don't think anybody deserves that kind of bedtime dread. Right. You deserve a a safe place where you could fall asleep. And and if uh, if that's not quite possible, because that is like a. Is is at least you, you could could have someone here to take your mind off stuff and keep you company. That's the role I'm trying to fill, and that's why I use those terms: boar friend, boar bud, boar bay, boar sib, boar bestie, boar bra, borean. You know, maybe that'll be a new. I don't think that's quite as catchy as because they have Mando in the show, which sounds nice. Uh, though I don't think it's a nice term in the show. It may be a little bit pejorative. Yeah, like, I don't know. I'd have to ask a Mandalorian that question. But, uh, Borean, uh, like, I guess Bor, you know, Borbud is fine. I, I mean, I think that's more, because you say Borean, is that like anything like, like, a Dorian Gray? I'd say, no, I don't think so. And I'd say Dorian, Dorian the Borean, you know, now we're talking. Borean, Dor Borian, have you met my children, Dorian and Borian, Lorian? Though everyone says, is that then the same name as somebody from like those, uh, like Tolkien books? No, Tolkien, Tolkien books, Tolkien. Well, do, okay, so it's Borian, Dorian, and Laurelin. No, it's Lor. I forgot. It's a, because it's an imaginary child of mine, Lorian. I think it was. Uh, or maybe that was the actual person in the, um, were they in the fellowship or where? I don't remember. Are you sure it's not Lorelei? Yeah, I'm sure. It wouldn't rhyme with Dorian and Borean and Lorelei. That would be, wait a second. I like the way, you know, I don't know if I like the way that sounds. You know, if I ever, if I ever, if I'm ever in a, like a familial relationship with an elf, uh, or an elven person, a person of elven descent, uh, I'll think about that. Is it was any of the like, okay? Don't bring up Legolas because I'm like too far afield because I don't even know. Oh, I'm just here to be your boar bud. I guess that's what I was saying. A Dorian, Borian, Lorian, uh, Lorelei, Legolas. Meet the listener. They're just we're just here to keep them company and help them fall asleep, huh? Isn't that nice? Uh, no, no, please, no Elvin singing right now. That's uh. Too contrasting with the podcast, Lorelei, Legolas. Uh, yeah, just go for. Why don't you just go climb? Yeah, go climb some trees. That's a great idea. Oh no, no, no! Don't sing a tree tree climbing song song while you're climbing the tree. So thank you. No, no, leave on the mystical lights. That would be terrific. I was watching the extended edition of one of those maybe like four months ago. I don't know why that popped in my head. It's just Dorian and 
Borean and Lorian. So, of course, Zorian. And Torian. Yeah, if, I mean, it takes a village, am I right? Uh, oh, you don't want to live in a village where everyone's name rhymes with yours? Oh, Dorian. Maybe you should become an author. Okay, anyway, I'm here to keep you company, take your mind off seven, help you fall asleep. Uh, that's why I'm here. Uh, if you're new, it's perfectly understandable to be uh, dismayed. Hardy har har, maybe that put you to sleep. Uh, or skeptical. A lot of people come into the show skeptical or not sure. Or, you know, temperature neutral. Uh, so see how it goes. I don't know how many, we have like thousands of reviews. And, and that, like in almost every review, uh, says it took a few tries before I got used to it. Uh, and now I use it every night or whatever. So see how it goes. There's no pressure to like the show. I, I can only hope it helps you fall asleep. And if it doesn't work for you, you can always check out sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. There's other sleepy stuff there. Uh, but I think that's it. I'm really glad you're here. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive, and I really want to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep this show free for everybody. All right, everybody, Scoots, it's time for a, a new series we're going to be covering. Uh, I don't, I actually have no idea how many episodes they're putting out. I think either six or eight or five or ten. And so just to give people, like, an idea of what to expect, I actually don't know when this episode's going to be coming out. I'm still trying to balance uh, the good place uh, uh, before, like, the, the first half of the good place season. Uh, but basically it looks like how the sh- uh, schedule's shaping up for the, um, between, I guess probably when you're hearing this would be December of 2019 through the kind of the spring of 2019, I'm expecting. But again, things do change. You do try to plan a lot of this out pretty far ahead of time, uh, just so I can have the episodes there in a consistent basis for you. So the way I'm anticipating it happening is that from December uh, to to, Jan- to December 2019 to December, January 2020, uh, I'll be covering the Mandalorian. Uh, then, when the Good Place, the last uh, three, two, three, four episodes of the Good Place run, we'll cover them, and we'll kind of see what that release schedule's like. If we'll do back to back, like uh, you know, we'll see how the Good Place coverage develops. I just don't know. Like uh, actually, the team, uh, the the PR team there is gracious enough to, to usually give me a little bit of early access to the, the those episodes. Uh, which is a gigantic help, so I really appreciate that. Uh, so it just kind of depend on what I get to see in in the production schedule. Uh, then we'll finish out the Mandalorian. Uh, then we'll do some track. Uh, I have, uh, I think, four episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation done. What I'll do is record two more. Uh, not until probably sp- or like a uh, late winter, early spring of 2020. And then we'll run those six Star Trek episodes, and then we'll do about six episodes of Doctor Who. And I don't know where that'll leave us, uh, so we'll kind of see. Uh, but that's kind of what to expect, uh, I guess, through the s- s- summer, actually, and maybe the w- fall of uh, 2020. And then, depending on how schedules are, we'll uh, do Good Place Season 2, uh, interspersed with... Uh, uh, who in Next Generation I'm, I'm anticipating, but I can't be positive about any of that. Uh, so I guess that's what's coming up. But tonight what's coming up is we're covering Season 1, Episode 1, or Chapter 1. I don't, yeah, it just has the, the only title is Chapter 1 of The Mandalorian.
uh, it is on uh, Disney Plus, and uh, I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's uh, the service that a lot of people are checking out. Again, this will be you don't need to have seen The Mandalorian. You don't have to be a fan, whether you uh, are a Star Star Trek fan, a Star Wars fan, or a fan of neither or both. Uh, it shouldn't impact you too much. Uh, I'm on, uh, what do you call that, embargo as far as uh, this, like you can learn from the last season of Game of Thrones. I'm on a media embargo. So I'm not, cons- I'm trying not to consume any, any not, not even media, any commentary about uh, Mandalorian at all. Uh, so I really don't know what the critical response has been or the fan response. I mean, I know that uh, it can't be easy making something, you know, Star Wars, it, it comes with a lot of extra expectations. And I, the last, so I watched the first episode five times, I think, uh, either four or five times. This will be, I'm running through it now. And then I've watched for pleasure the second episode. I watched that last night. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think it's perfect for the podcast, uh, especially uh, it kind of has a perfect uh, running time. It's a flexible running time. And I think by doing one episode at a time, before I was wondering if we would pack two episodes into one episode of Sleep With Me, but I think, and to just to try to get it lined up with the releases. But what I'm going to do is just do a slow spread of these because there's a lot of stuff I can research, uh, which is, it hasn't been necessarily possible with some of the other series um, recently. And then... Um, uh, what else? Oh, one other thing I think with the research is I don't think I'm going to do any Star Wars research. Uh, like I'll just research other subjects. Like so if I'm wondering about uh, Calamari Flan, uh, I'm going to leave it to the show to, to, to exposit that for me. I mean, that one's pretty obvious. I was, except for is that, is the coin, are the coins made of ice? I don't think so because they would have melted. And I don't necessarily looking for the answer because because I, I think uh, right now the Star Wars related universe is so vast. But I I like being taken on the journey uh, that the team uh, behind the Mandalorians taking me on. So I don't really know a lot about Mandalorians. I would consider myself a fan of Star Wars, but not a super fan. Um, though, I mean, I probably consume more than a like uh, an average. I would say, yeah, fan, not a a passerby. So I've seen all the movies multiple times. I've read some of the extended universe books, but not a lot of them. Uh, I've read some of the comic books. I've seen some, a few episodes of star Wars, clone wars, and maybe one episode of one other series, though that may change. I may watch some of those for fun. Uh, so with that, let's get into the content here. I'm going to hit play, uh, and start reading. What does that say? Ouchful HD new star new oh the new Star Wars. I don't know what that says. Uh, but the, 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 oh, maybe that's a Disney Plus thing. The new Star Wars Marvel type uh, opening, uh, which flashes a helmet. It goes to Vader, BB-8, uh, C-3PO, Kylo, R2, and then maybe a Rebel and a Trooper, and then Mardo. I don't know what that says. And then the Star Wars. And then we have a beeping, beeping, beeping. Uh, We see left hand holding something. uh, Snow flurries. Uh, The title comes up. uh, 
Oh no, that's tile. I didn't look. I, I, I thought that's title, but it's just. Uh, I said, huh? What, it's like one of these tile things. Uh, somebody's looking for their phone or something. I mean, I think we see it's a Mandalorian. Uh, they put it. They put it in their belt. We see about six buildings. There's lights on the roof. Uh, like a like a kind of a Arctic village. Uh, uh, you see, yeah, Mandalorian. Uh, then we see this green fish-like person or being and two perfumers uh, or perfume suppliers. They're looking to make a wholesale deal with this uh, uh, fish-like being. The door opens. This they uh, hit WTF. Uh, they said, don't let the cold out. Uh, because they said you don't have uh, like an airlock or what I learned just this morning doing the research, a vestibule is a proper term. It really seems inefficient. Uh, I mean, it, it was cool, but uh, it just said maybe they could use my consulting on this uh, uh, exoplanet. Uh, so we'll talk about those vestibules later. Very cool music right away. And I mean, holy mackerel. Uh, music really and, and the sound effects uh, it did it did when i was first doing my research i said maybe we'll do a side aside a side by side with boba fett uh but i decided against doing too much star trek research uh but they are different uh very different i'd say mando spills uh, one of the um, perfumers drinks uh, the bartender stressed out about the whole thing uh, we kind of get the first hint of this this thing called Beskar Steel, which is going to, it seems like it's going to have a lot of meaning in this. Uh, uh, and that's kind of some of the armor that the Mandalorian wears. Uh, that doesn't say mistletoe, cool lemon more. Uh, but I think it, it's like a cool move. Uh, uh, cool, learn more. Mistletoe, cool lemon more. Or uh, but I think that there's like all these moves. Uh, yeah, there's like just cool action. Yeah, then I said part fish man, heartfelt gratitude, bounty puck. Uh, uh, then three three minutes and fourteen seconds. I'm already past there. Let's get back to that. Uh, oh, there's the title at three twenty four, three fifteen, three oh nine. Look, uh, must be some mistake. Uh, I could get you more credit. Oh, oh, I know what it is. There's like uh, yeah. In the windows, there's like bottles and uh, what are those things called? Like fishing, uh, like uh, fishing nets or something uh, in the window behind the fish dude. That's what it says. Uh, warm or cold. Oh, that's what he says to the fish person. Uh, and they put, fro- you know, co- is frozen in carbonite cold or warm? And then the title. And then there's more music as they're walking off. Uh, gray skies. They go to a taxi stand. And this being we've seen before who works at the taxi stand uses a piccolo or a recorder to call taxis, which I liked. Uh, very efficient. And uh, we learned the Mandalorian does not like working with droids. Uh, there's a lot of uh, speeders. Uh, we hear the term Ravenax or something. Uh, oh, the speeders are a bit like hovercrafts. Oh, we heard, heard about gray holes, which I think is like gray water uh, that people just dump, just like cruise ships, which is caused to the Ravnax and, and, uh, to kind of come closer or something. And then I think the fish person mentions a celebrity cruise or something. And then 
they paid the Mandalorian pays cash for the cab ride. The cab ride goes out. Then it's like a little bit like the movie Beetlejuice with the Ravnak or whatever, which is a tusk-based creature. Uh, I think the fish person says, thank Farrick, uh, which must be their god or someone they're thanking. Uh, very nice helmet. Uh, they put nothing shocking. Uh, let's see. They make some, then they get on the Mandalorian ship, which is not impressive to the fish person. Uh, they make so, small talk, razor crust. I don't know what that was. Pre-Empire. Do you never take off the helmet? Uh, back tube, which is like their uh, bathroom. He says, can I use your back tube? I got to empty the thorax. You think this was maybe good to establish in the first episode that there's no camera, like security cameras, at least on the Mandalorian ship? Because, uh, or maybe there is, I guess, I don't know. Uh, but the fish guy, he starts wandering around. There's no toilet seat. He seems to be wearing some kind of flight jacket or flight suit, uh, uh, like like a, like an old school one you'd see. So he talks about Life Day and Solstice. Someone on a podcast said that Life Day is in November. Um, I'm not positive about that. We see all other carbon buddies. Uh, the dude says, yeah, I guess I'm not uh, as smooth as I thought I was. And the Mandalorian says, nope. And he says, I got an onboard carbonite machine. Yeah, then we head to a new music, new planet, uh, more new music. Uh, there's cloudy but blue skies. Uh, it looks, uh, what does it say? It looks cold. They go to a bar, a throwback Star Wars bar. Um, very classic Star Wars, very dark. Uh, we meet Carl Weathers, who was the head of the guild. He says, did you catch them all? They said, holy Pokemon. I couldn't tell, and I needed, like, I watched this one time with my daughter. I think he turns in the trackers, actually, like the tile tracker, but I'm not positive. Okay, wait, I'm watching this. This is Razorcrest. That's the style of ship, uh, pre-Empire ship that the Mandalorian flies. So it wasn't too off. I put Razorcrust. Okay, did you catch them all? Uh, he says, uh, he, he, he says, I don't take Imperial credits. They're not worth, they're worthless. Uh, yeah, we get the idea that times are tough. Uh, so he gets paid 50% in calamari flan, calamari flan cargo gets offloaded. Uh, he says, what jobs do you have? Three bail jumpers, water smuggler. Uh, we I can hear a little bit about the guild here. The, there's a lot of competition there, you know, non-trades people uh charging you know non-guild rates uh we learned the highest bounty is five thousand which isn't even enough to pay for gas uh but he does have a puckless job uh this is carl weathers with deep pockets we hear the term chain coat a few times uh in chit uh, i don't know what this one is uh no chain code here's the chit uh out showers uh I don't know what that means, but he goes, starts walking through the village. Uh, it was 1330. There's a, he walks past the dude. I put nice hat, yo. Uh, so that's worth catching. So moving into this part of the episode and kind of, uh, I really like, uh, enjoyed, and it was in an unexpected way that, uh, 
And I don't know if a lot of people played like uh, role-playing games, either on a computer or in person, uh, but particularly like in, in on, a, on a computer when you're playing by yourself. This is like an important sequence of uh, you're in the village and you go meet with the guild, you get some jobs, and then you go, you make a couple other stops, right? So I really liked the sequence. It just really reminded me that this show also has kind of this like fantasy element to it too. Uh, knock, knock on the door. Why choose a pinky box? Droid legs. Uh, why choose a pinky? Wonder what that means. Uh, maybe I'll see in a minute. There we see a box droid on legs. Uh, uh, clear, uh, was it Imperial? Uh, then we see worn down, dirty stormtroopers, uh, and uh, they say, "What in the Werner? Uh, holy cow! Uh, holy Herzog!" Which is great. Uh, I think his name's Grief Cargus. Maybe. I uh, said you were coming. Oh no, that's Carl Weathers' character, Grief Cargus. I think. Here's the bar sequence. A little bit less dark on. Uh, uh, this one, <laughs> you just said, did you catch them all? The holy Pokemon. It is a tracker, it looks like. So uh, to me, that means uh, that we must all have, uh, like, at uh, this planet, everyone has a chip, I guess. And uh, um, whatever that other one is, code. Uh, what do they say? Code block or whatever, chain code. Um, so let's see. Best in the Parsec. We meet Dr. Pershing. Lax decorum, according to Werner. Uh, oh, there's Holy Herzog. I did write that. I like the odds. Uh, we learned that the Mandalorian was so a really good establishing character in within the Star Wars kind of nods because he says, geez, I like these odds. Uh, doesn't like droids. He, he shows off. Oh, uh, I think Werner Herzog, Herzog's character's named... Uh, the client, I believe. Uh, but he, he shows some real Beskar steel. He says, go get the asset. Uh, uh, they talk about pragmatism, no puck, uh, tracking fob, and the last four digits of the chain code, which is your date of birth. Uh, uh, so that's like a convenient if you're, but, but uh, uh, so this, uh, the, the assets chain code is 50 years old. Yeah, more Beskar, where that's uh, coming from. And uh, the, the Herzog's character loves Mandalorian. He says it'll be good for this Beskar to be back in the hands of a Mandalorian or something. It'll restore the natural order of things. Uh, so that was cool. Let me see here. They're going through the city. Jawas, maybe that was something. We do see some Jawas. And I said something about a pinky, though. Okay, he's walking through the village. Here comes the dude with the hat. He's going to, yep, there he is, guy with the big hat. Uh, and Mandalorian looks pretty cool. I haven't seen it with, uh, when I was watching on my TV, it was very dark. Uh, my TV might be too dark. Um, got one of those magic eye doors. He shows like a chit or an ID card. Uh, Looked like the 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 um, ring doorbell it was part organic and part real. Uh, there's a droid waiting at the door. He follows the droid, I guess. Maybe his pinky was out. I don't know. Maybe I was wondering if he's left-handed. 
It's a two-legged droid instead of a rolling one. Uh, door opens. We see these rough-looking uh, stormtroopers say, clearly the fall of the Empire. Oh, grief, G-R-E-E-F, uh, according to the subtitles. Uh, okay. When he leaves the room, there's one last look to the stormtrooper. We see more of the city. We get more role-playing game type feel action because uh, I really like the sequence. Because he goes into the Mandalorian, goes into a basement. We hear some surf guitar, and he goes into like their hangout. Like uh, we see a couple of Mandalorians on the left, one on the right. The two on the left are playing a game. Uh, some helmets have antennas, uh, some don't. Then we see possibly the Mandalorian goddess, uh, like the face of the goddess. Uh, we go into this like temple, forged temple uh, with a silver metal smith or something. I guess the Beskar smith. Uh, they nod to one another. He turns in, so there's like a tithing almost. Like he turns in the cash and the Beskar steel. Uh, they talk about the Great Purge. Good that this is back with the tribe. Uh, has your signet been revealed? Well, that's a mysterious thing to me. This is why I don't want to read anymore. Uh, good, she says. Uh, does she say Podrick is in order? I don't know. That's what I wrote. It, it sounded like it. Uh, we'll get there eventually. Uh, some images. Uh, oh, there's like a flashbacks. Uh, she talks about if, uh, the, the, like the leftover steel will go to the foundlings. Oh, this was a flashback uh, where we see him. Uh, presumably, everyone's in red robes. Uh, then he upgrades his armor. Only one piece. So again, this is like very cool. Like he gets one shoulder piece of new armor. And clearly, the Speskar steals something. There's something to it. I mean, it. Uh, uh, then there's a zoom uh, on him. Then the next planet comes up is Bad, bad Lands. Uh, uh, oh, he's walking, carrying his uh, uh, like his tool. And I said, he must have really strong forearms because he's carrying this long thing. Uh, his left hand, the fob's in his left hand, so I don't know if he's uh, left-handed or not. Uh, then he's looking through something, it's 6.15, like a binox. Uh, he meets a horse who tries to kiss him. And not far behind the horse comes a new friend who says uh, they have spoken. And this kind of looked like it's a famous person's voice, but it almost like like seemed like maybe... Uh, it, it uh, like the, the character was based on like at least they had the haircut of Ron Perlman or how I expect like the facial hair of Ron Perlman to be, uh, but it's not Ron Perlman's voice. So it did throw me off for, for like two or three watches, and then I said, "Okay," I knew whose voice it was, and then I said, "Okay, I can roll with this now." Okay, so now he's going into the temple, which is a cool part. Uh, I just want to see what the dialogue that I didn't understand was. Since I didn't have, everyone, this is the first time I watched it with subtitles. Uh, so the forge, forge the the black blacksmith, uh, uh, metalsmith, silversmith. Uh, they nod. Uh, they sit for across from one another. He gives over the cash. It looks like all of it uh, and the steel.
but it might not be all of it. He's four calamari flan coins or whatever. It ga- gathered in the Great Purge. Uh, good back with the tribe. Yep. A pauldron would be in order. Has your signet been revealed? No, not yet. Uh, soon. Uh, then I go take the metal. They get to work uh, making this armor. So we have a little sequence there. It kind of showing that kind of like that there's a religious or faith significance probably to it. Feels a little bit like the House of Black and White in uh, GOT. Uh, we see something getting cast, uh, and then a zoom. Now I think it's flashback time. Extremely generous. Excess will sponsor many foundlings. That's good. I was a foundling once. Uh, yep, no doubt about it. I knew that. Uh, yeah, then we see the foundling. Uh, we say, okay, which I think helps moving forward into the next episode. Uh, or maybe, I don't know, episode three. We'll see if it, uh, uh, how it impacts uh, the plant, whatever the mandal, wherever the choices Mandalorian's going to make. Also, Mandalorian's got a sweet, sweet cape. Uh, I mentioned that somewhere. Okay, let me get back to it. Uh, okay, 615. Oh, the horse buddy. They go back to his place. Uh, they have spoken. Windmill. Uh, there's some exposition and joking. Uh, then there's kind of a training sequence. Uh, like Then we learn that this character also has a lot of Mandalorian love. Uh, uh, and something Mandalorian love and Mifflauser, yo. Get to it. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Mandalorian love and uh, Mifflauser, yo. Get to it. Yes, you did it. Uh, so I don't know. That's interesting. Let's uh, check it. Uh, says okay. Let's train you on the horse. I mean that's the horse training sequence. Yeah, uh, I've spoken. Uh, this is the joking sequence here. Training. Yeah, uh, uh, get you know. Come on. I thought you were a Mandalorian. Okay. Oh, Mythosaur. I think that's maybe what it says uh, that I couldn't read. Yeah, Mythosaur. Yo, your your ancestors rode the Mythosaur. Uh, get to it. Yes, you did it. Uh, then there's journey music. Uh, is a journey to kind of find the uh, assets. There's it almost looks like stop motion. So I, again, I haven't read anything about this, but uh, it was either there's some sequences in both these episodes that feel like stop motion, even if it's motion graphics, uh, which was cool. Dude won't take any pay. He goes, "There's no peace till everybody's gone." Plus, you know, I've heard all these stories of Mandalorians always wanting to meet one and hang with one. So he says, peace out, I've spoken. Oh, that's when we see the Mandalorian's cape. It looks really good. He crawls to the edge. Uh, edge. Uh, I didn't know if he had gaiters on or boots. Uh, I couldn't tell. Now he has a telescope. Before he was using his scope, so I don't know if his scope on his thing is removable. He looks down. There's lots of crew down there. He has two-toned gloves, by the way. We see a readout 97.479. Uh, then there's a bounty droid, which uh, 
is again actually it seems like a practical effect i don't even know if it's so good of motion graphics uh, or maybe i just can't tell uh but it looks like a lot of effort went into the motion of that thing it's an ig droid like ig88 was originally the most famous one uh, the bounty droid says subparagraph 16 of the bondsman guild protocol waiver you gotta give up your assets and all the uh, uh, crew says we'd rather give up our a double. You know we're not going to give up our asset. We're going to give up our a double. You know bounty buns. Uh, Mandalorian says who is this fool droid? Uh, very spinny. Um, said asset. I like to that. Mandalorian has a big sigh. IG units stand down. We get an armor test of the new armor. Works great. Uh, he says, I'm in the guild. Uh, creaky dulcet droid. That's what I put. Uh, great voice on that droid. Very creaky dulcets. Uh, so much, you know, let's work together. Maybe, maybe not. Looks like there's a king size bed in the middle of the, um, the, what do you call that? The, the square or whatever. Also, red barrels, which uh, usually get used in uh, these uh, things, but they didn't get used in this one. No surprise. Give me the fob. Let's split it and we'll regroup. Uh, as long as I get the re- reputation points, the droid says, which again reminded me of that thing. Uh, uh, reputation merits. Uh, alert, alert, alert. That was funny. More action. Uh, more IG stop motion feel movement. Uh, love the motions. Uh, then it, it says I got to do some self-care for a little while. Uh, the Mandalorian tries to hotwire the door. No dice. Uh, oh, this is worth it. If you're on your third or four watch of this, go to 3130. Right around 3134, like they're having like a like a dance-off or whatever. Someone, I listened to it twice. Someone yells, Hakuna Matata, uh, right around 3134. Definitely listen. They say, Hakuna Matata. I thought that was funny. I think... Uh, uh, pined ha 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 hell new plan uh, very western and video game like oh reminded me of a video game uh that the second edition came or the second the sequel came out recently about redemption um red redemption it's called red big farm redemption uh video game sequence uh something Kermitel wiring heroics. Let's see. Basically, Mandalorian makes some moves. Uh, they get in. They take out everybody. Like the sequence from the video game in the dance-off. Uh, then they get the door open, which is cool. There's sound effects. Uh, we see a small cradle uh, with a toy from the Muppet Babies in there. Big cute, that's what I put. Uh, uh, they must have, oh, this is a question. Uh, again, again, I'm proposing this. Do they have two, because they have a discussion of the IG droid and the Mandalorian. And it makes me wonder if they have two different um, clients, uh, which would make it even cooler. And also now the flashbacks kind of make a little bit more sense. Uh, there's like this ET finger move moment. Uh, because uh, the Mandalorian sends the IG droid away, 
uh, to the big farm, kind of. I mean, it seems like the IG droid would be back, uh, uh, but you never know. Then there's credits music, which I love. Absolutely, the credits music and the credits are amazing. Uh, and there's so there's this amazing music, and then the paintings. Uh, there's 11 paintings, I believe, um, at the end of the episode. And, uh, yeah, it's like worth multiple watches. Uh, see my Mando hanger. My handwriting's really bad on that. So let me see. I think it must be the last one. Oh, we saw the Mandalorians hanging out playing games. That was it in one of the paintings. And that is how the episode comes to a conclusion. I'm just watching it now. The cradle, the rock in the cradle. Uh, it did mean something different in this case. He's checking the Muppet Baby toy. Uh, he says, uh, this is when we say they have, uh, I, I want to say, I think they probably have different clients. Uh, Mandalorian says, I'll take this one. Um, and Hydrodroid takes a nappy poo. And now we have the ET finger movement. It's cooing, it says. Uh, yeah, one last wide or medium uh, image uh, of uh, uh, ET finger touch to touch. And yeah, then it's uh, the paintings, which is a really cool. Yeah, let's see. There's a. Uh, Oh yeah, there's. You, you may, we'll see what uh, what these paintings hold. They're very um, like uh, um, whatever they're like, pulp fictiony out of the novels and stuff. All right, let's run through some of the uh, research here. First thing is chit, C H I T. Don't you know? Uh, no, C H I T is what I said. Uh, which according to the Cambridge Dictionary is a noun, C H I T. A note giving information or showing a sum of money that is owed or has been paid. Uh, yeah, it's uh, in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, some uh, a chit, you know, after your flight or a chit for the dry cleaners. Oh, it can also mean young and silly. Uh, show how much money you owe. And that's it. So that's chit. Uh, now, Puck, this is another thing that came up. Uh, I said, oh, what about Puck? A uh, couple Pucks. Uh, so we'll start with uh, Wikipedia Puck from folk Folklore, uh, also known as uh, Robin Goodfellow, domestic uh, nature sprite or fairy or not great uh, friend. The etymology, according to Wikipedia, is uncertain. It was in, it was Pucka in Old English or Puka. Uh, Pucky, Puki in Old Norse, uh, Puke in Swedish, uh, P-U-K-E, I mean, I'm sure it's pronounced differently, uh, Welsh, Cornish, Irish, uh, and it could, so it could, could they're not sure, uh, uh, Oxford English Dictionary favors the Scandinavian, uh, but there's, uh, there's also alternative names, Robin Goodfellow, Hob, maybe that's where Robin came from. Uh, which is Robin Goodfellow in a couple of different plays. Uh, Shakespeare may have gotten it from other uh, authors, uh, maybe some Spanish authors. Uh, so uh, characteristics, uh, is it a trickster? Oh, no, if you had the knack, a puck might do mi minor housework for you. Needlework, butter churning. 
Oh, but Davis tricks. So this is a bit like the cat in the hat or, um, a lot of these, uh, you gotta leave uh, pucks, small gifts, gifts, uh, glass of milk or treats. Um, yeah, but they, you know, they could be up to no good. They're lonely. Uh, so they definitely are looking to f- uh, f- uh, acquire friends. Uh, Shakespeare's characterization, shrewd and knavish, uh, may have revived f- flagging interest in Puck. Uh, that's from A Midsummer's Night Dream. Uh, in literature as early as the 16th century and all the way to, uh, I guess there's a, oh yeah, they're even in the new Amazon series, Carnival Row. I haven't seen that yet, but it says it there. So that's one kind of puck. Uh, what about a hockey puck? I don't really know too much about him. I mean, one of my roommates was a hockey player. It's a disc of vulcanized rubber, uh, Using games just like a ball, ice hockey, uh, also referred to as a flat ball. It used to use balls, uh, but 1870, they used flat pucks of wood or rubber uh, to keep it from leaving the rink of play. They were made first by slicing a ball, then trimming the disc square. The Victoria Hockey Club in Montreal is credited with making the first round pucks. Uh, flat ball comes from old England. Uh, the origin of puck is uh, unsure. Uh, it could be a cognate of poke uh, used in the game of hurling. Uh, a Scottish Gaelic puck or Irish puck to uh, poke or or hit hit ball you know ball. So there's variations, but the standard is the six ounce, 170 gram gram hockey puck, or four ounce, 110 for training, or sometimes people use heavier um, ones. Uh, then there was like in the 90s, they tried to colorize pucks uh, so people would watch more hockey. I don't know if this is when I had my internship. It was like the only time I watched a lot of hockey was when I had an internship. Uh, uh, which like uh but uh that was in the 90s i guess uh both those things so and then there was a smart puck uh, that a uh, fox used to, to track it and make it easier and uh yeah major manufacturers of pucks uh, are in canada russia czech republic and china china and slovakia so that's a little bit about pucks. How about that? There's also pucks in roller hockey and under, wait a second, underwater hockey. Yeah, this is why we do the research. An underwater ho- hockey puck, uh, uh, it, differ, it differs and it has a lead core uh, to s- sink into a swimming pool. Wait, there's a game called underwater hockey. Let me, I'm sorry, I got to make a, yep, there's pictures of it. Uh, doesn't look like regular hockey, though. It's a limited contact sport, mainly in the UK. Octopush, it's also called. Yeah, I would. I, I guess I wouldn't mind playing this game. It started in 1954. I mean, talk about. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's just you learn something new every day. I mean, strange truth is stranger than fiction. People really play underwater hockey. I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Uh, Octopush, Crystal Palace Pool, London. There's a picture of that. Uh, 66. I don't know if it's still going on, though. 1980. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I guess 2009. So there's something new. Okay, next is a term guild gets used. Uh, so I thought I'd, uh, like, of course I'm going to use that to, to use a jumping off to talk about something else. But the guild is usually an association of artists or merchants who oversee the practice of their craft or trade in a particular area. Uh, Like, uh, they usually operate in a single city, cover a single trade, kind of like a professional association or trade union, uh, but also has uh, aspects of a cartel or secret society, sometimes needed grants or letters, patents uh, from a monarch. Um, uh, They could have guild halls, uh, guild meeting places. And guild members were the only ones allowed to sell their goods or practice their skills within a city. A lot of good fiction, uh, you know, is written on with the guilds. But one of my favorite pieces that really uh, led to this podcast, only, I mean, not content-wise, but inspiration-wise, uh, was the web series The Guild, which I don't want to ruin it. I mean, I've talked about it on the podcast before, but you should just look it up, uh, it was uh, uh, created and written by Felicia Day, uh, who plays Codex, uh, Sid. It started in YouTube in 2007, ran until 2013, uh, follows the Knights of Good. And uh, I guess, I don't know if I've seen the, the, these more recent seasons. I thought I would like, uh, I maybe saw season five, or maybe I'm getting five and six confused, but... Uh, Really, when I saw season one and two, uh, maybe like maybe when season two or season three were running, I was trying to write a YouTube comedy with two other people. One of the people refused to watch the guild, uh, uh, but I said, like, I just use it as like, say, this is possible to make something and put it out in the world, write something. And then produce yourself and then to produce something, which in Felicia Day's case was amazing. Uh, uh, like just very funny, great characters. Uh, so do yourself a favor. If you've never watched, uh, the guild, uh, watch it. Uh, I, I guess, and you'll fall in love with uh, all the characters and then you'll know a lot of the performers. Uh, so yeah, do yourself a favor, check out the guild. I'm sure it's still on YouTube. Um, what else? Oh, Pokemon. I don't really know a lot about Pokemon, believe it or not. I think that's what you got to catch them all. Uh, we, it's been around, uh, since in like 1995, uh, uh, humans are Pokemon trainers and they c- got to catch, uh, the Pokemon, uh, which you got to catch them all. Uh, it began as Pokemon red and green, then red and blue, which were games for the original Game Boy. Uh, then it became a media mix franchise, uh, highest grossing media franchise of all time, 90 billion. Holy, uh, second best selling video game series behind Mario, 340 million billion mobile downloads. It has a Pokemon, uh, go, which is super popular. I haven't played that, but, uh, just cause of my addictive personality, uh, you know, I had the Harry Potter one. I had to uh, delete that. Uh, it had the movie come out uh, that it was supposed to be really good. I was going to go see it, and I didn't. Uh, did Pokemon De- Detective Pikachu. So, you know, I'm trying to think. It had a Super Bowl ad, a Super Bowl 50. Let's see, there's been the yeah, animated series, television specials, uh, televisions and film, theatrical performance, a musical. 
uh, trading card game, trading figure game, uh, music. Uh, oh, wait, there's a, okay, hold on. Most importantly, I guess there's a theme park. Oh, it's a traveling theme park. Uh, both are closed, one in Japan and one in Taiwan, 2005, 2006. Uh, that would have been cool. So I missed out on that. Okay, but that's 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 a little bit about Pokemon. Okay, what else can we get through here? Well, let's uh, hovercraft. I'll just mention uh, that's an air cushion vehicle. I always dreamed of having or riding on a hovercraft. Uh, uh, they can try. They're amphibious. Uh, uh, they use blowers to put a large volume of air below the hull. An air cushion uh, that's above atmospheric pressure. And, you know, I looked at the G.I. Joe one. I also just would see people like, uh, it was kind of like a jet ski, like a personal hovercraft. I dreamed, like, when I was, like, a kid of having my own personal hovercraft. Uh, I don't think they ever really caught on, like, wide scale. Uh, they are still used uh, for travel. Uh, civilian, non-commercial uh they're used so there's an extensive uh, wikipedia article about them so it's pretty cool to, you want to learn more about hovercrafts cash cab this is one of the people i get compared that i look like ben bailey the host of cash cab uh, i've seen ads for it or, or, or clips from it. i've never seen the show i just don't have a lot of time to watch any television but uh it's been going since 2005 to 2012 and then new seasons in 2017 and 2018 Oh, no, it says Ben Bailey. I don't know, but Ben Bailey. Oh, no, it was revived. Yeah, Ben Bailey. It's part of a global cash cab franchise that started in the UK. Yeah, so uh, let's see. There was a spinoff cash cab after dark. You wonder who they got that idea from. So that's another thing. I don't know if I necessarily, I guess people say I look like Ben Bailey. Even Not even like when I, at my old job, people used to say that. I can kind of see see it, uh, uh, but uh, I don't know. Uh, he's got nicer hair than me for sure. And then someone actually tweeted to both of us recently um, and said, because uh, I think he was having trouble falling asleep. Uh, so And that was unrelated to looks, so I thought that was funny. Okay, so let's talk about vestibules last. If you live in New York or Chicago, those are the two places I've seen vestibules. And when I lived in New York, uh, I always thought it was cool how almost instantly when it got cold or before it got cold, these vestibules, which was like uh, they would be outside of all the restaurants and bars or a lot of them. And this is a core question. Why do many New York City restaurants have plastic box-like extension and plastic doors at their entrances? And it's because uh, so the cold air doesn't get let in. Uh, but it turns out it's like it went a little deeper. So Eater has an article about it, uh, how restaurants stay warm in the winter, investigating the vestibule that keeps out the cold. And they talk about how, you know, they like, uh, there's like usually a heater in there. Uh, so you go in from the cold into a nice warm restaurant and it's very hospitable, uh, hospitable. Uh, let's see. Winterizing can change in a dining experience. No one wants to sit close to a drafty door. 
narrow vestibule erected on the sidewalk. Some cities prefer one style over others. Acrylic and vinyl ones are a fascination in New York. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen them in Chicago. I don't know if I've seen them anywhere else. Uh, New York's obsession with vestibules is what this article is about. Uh, and it just talks about it and the heating elements. Uh, and actually, I guess there was a New Yorker article from 2005, Ian Parker. Uh, so it's really interesting. Vestibule season, they average about 2,400, but they can go up to 25,000. And local laws, I'll think link to another article, but yeah, there's even laws. Uh, two years ago, uh, let's see, uh, maybe restaurants, temporary ones. Uh, let's see, vestibules, uh, you know, local laws, maybe pay a play a role in, not, in keeping them out. I don't know. I think it's a great idea because, I mean, especially in New York where no one drives, it's like... Uh, it's nice to just get really warm. Uh, I don't know. Does it matter? It matters. I think so. Because then you don't have to have, uh, you only need one door to the restaurant. Uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit about vestibules and a little bit about episode one of The Mandalorian. Good night.